Okay, again, sorry about that. But I do, I was glad we were able to catch up on the uh, the background of our musical prowess. But you still so, play. Yeah, I do. Yeah. And you played that, I know I've seen bands at Terrestrial before. Mm-hmm. I can't recall if it was you. <laughs> yeah, for probably, I mean, we only played there once, end of end of August, so... But yeah, yeah, I still play. I play guitar and I sing. So that's cool, man. Yeah, it's fun. What kind do you play? Uh, kind of guitar. Yeah. Or or music. Well, both. Um, type of guitar. I typically mostly play a Telecaster, a little bit of Stratocaster. I've been uh, dabbling into some humbuckers now. I'm kind of a nerd. I love the pedals and the all the different amps and. I you know I. <laughs> I always loved anyone that was playing the pedals, but I kept running into people that like the pedals so much but didn't know how to use them. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But man, if you if you can incorporate those and it's it is it is such a cool aspect that you can add onto your songs. Yeah, it's funny, you know, I I was counting it up and you you can you can have a pedal a pedal board that costs as much as a guitar these days. Oh, yeah. Man, it's insane. And you know, I've bought a couple. I love uh, Earthquaker devices in Akron. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they're so cutting edge. They're so cool. But frankly, their pedals really, many of them aren't for me because there's so much you can do with them. There's so much control. They're so innovative that like, it almost goes over my head. You know, I'm trying to have those couple things I need a little bit of echo, a little bit of uh, reverb, a little bit of distortion, um, to just make playing the guitar fun, you know, there you you get into it where you're really kind of playing the pedals with some of these things. But I play a couple of theirs. Anything with one button and 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 big one big knob, it tends to be <laughs> better for you know me. Yeah. Uh, I'm a dummy, but uh, yeah, no. I, I just mean, had to find the reverb. That's all I had to find for vocals. So I'm like, cool reverb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my stuff's done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, a little bit of slapback, a little bit of reverb. That's about all you need. Yeah, that's all I needed, man. It was <laughs> yeah. cool, and the, I kept it simple. But I'd be up there like turning knobs, and I'm like, "What's he doing?" Sure. And then like I'm like nothing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like I wasn't doing anything. So I, I see someone do it now. I'm like, "You're not fooling anybody." Sure. <laughs> yeah, the dangerous thing too is you know it always sounds different on stage than it does out there. So oh, that's you time. start cranking the reverb. Do you have and... monitors? I never had monitors unless yeah. I was I, a lot of places I played had them, but I didn't have my own. You know, we we do everything. I mean, we've played um we played at the Winchester where it's like a super pr- in over here in Lakewood. Very good. Where yeah, great great, great place. place, amazing sound. Um, our dude Ben over there. Um, you know, makes us sound so professional. And, and there it's, you know, you got the monitors, you can hear every note. And then we play even way more often over at C-Bars on 185th and, you know, Euclid-Cleveland border. And there it's, you know, you plug in the amps, turn it <laughs> up and go. So we do a little bit of everything. I used to like playing, I remember the first time I played at uh, the Agora, and I was like, oh, I feel so professional. Because mm-hmm. they're just like, go up there, plug in, they're like, all right, you're good. Like, yeah. Oh, it feels great. Yeah. And it sounded great. Well, it sounded better than what I'm used to, so I don't know. I mean, it still sounded good to me. Well, sometimes it's dangerous because you're, you're like when you can actually hear yourself. You know, you, oh, you sometimes like, have those come to Jesus moments where you're not as good as you when thought you're, you were. when someone. Oh yeah, that's the when you you hear yourself for the first time. You're like, how is anyone paid to see me? Yeah. Well, I am off. That's how I sound. Yeah. My family's so terrible. nice. <laughs> My family's so nice. Yeah. Oh yeah, because then you got, but then you got to get past the uh, the family stuff, and then because the, then the family and friends are like. I'm not going to keep seeing yeah. you play. I always joke, I wish our first couple shows that we just, um, we didn't tell anyone. Because everyone came out to our first couple shows and we sucked. And now oh, two yeah. or three, four years later, I think we're pretty good, but no one comes anymore. <laughs> you know, that that was the, yeah, that's such an amazing, because the, the only thing you want to do is play to an audience. Mm-hmm. 
Like I the the first place that we played, man, it was a a good sized bar, but not huge. Mm-hmm. But there was like ninety people there. It looked like I was playing at Blossom <laughs> when I'm on stage. Yeah, yeah. And then we got ready to play. I was like, holy shit. We're about to play in front of people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, then eventually it dies off, and then you got to start trying to build an audience. And yeah, then it just is what it is, man. Yeah, man, it's hard. It it's is hard. fun though. It is fun. I understand it. I understand why people do it. I don't know why more people don't, but I also understand why people eventually stop doing. Because you have a how old is your? You have a child, right? Yeah, she's 16 days old. <laughs> days? Days, yeah, man. Oh my uh, god, September 23rd. Well, yeah. thank you for coming. You're welcome. Or you're welcome for. Letting you getting out of the, out of the house. house yeah yeah she was just starting to get fussy as i was walking out and i was like well see ya like, i have it scheduled or i would stay yeah, for right. sure and handle this uh, 16 days yeah damn it's, it's been fun man it's it's a it's a trip you know everyone it's it's one of those cliches that everyone tells you a million times and um but it, it it's true you know it's why it's just an uh, in, inexperience it's hard to describe you know yeah the uh so you i think i knew that because so I think it was Lisa over at CLE Foodcast. Sure. She's yeah. the one that gave me your name. Okay. She's like, you should reach out. I think he'd be fun. And I think she said in the message either – she's like, you have to reach out soon though because he – I think he's about to have a kid. <laughs> so when I reached out, you must have – you must have not had the baby yet. No. I, I think – and I think that's why I, I pushed it off for two Completely or three weeks. Completely fine. Yeah. So <laughs> – and she actually came like uh, 10 – or so days late so um she was supposed to come on the 15th came on the 23rd so i had a couple things scheduled for the end of september early october that i was like she doesn't hurry up i might not be able to do that (laughs) what an asshole yeah already being a problem it takes it takes after me already (laughs) (laughs) well congrats man Congrats. Appreciate you. you. I know you're relatively close to me, but still, mm-hmm. I mean, you could be next door when you have a 16-day-old. <laughs> it's hard to get away. Yeah, she's pretty easy. You know, it's um, it's funny. It's uh, it's it, it is really simple. Uh, it's not it's not easy, but it's simple. You know, they sleep, they eat, they shit, they sleep again, they eat again. You know, it's just it's kind just of like a, a roommate that doesn't pay rent. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, again, thanks for coming. So, Dylan Absolutely. Stewart, editor of Cleveland Magazine. Yes, sir. Uh, like I mentioned, I got your name from Lisa over the CLE Foodcast. Mm-hmm. I've gotten lucky because a lot of people have come on either bef- either during mm-hmm. – so, a lot of times during or right after will give me like three or four names. Sure. Which admittedly does make this a little easier for me. Because mm-hmm. um, not that I'm running out of people to talk to, but sometimes it's good to just kind of have that in. Because when I reach out to people, like, because it was a little while before you were, you got back and I was like, he had that kid or he's about to. And he's <laughs> like, I don't know this fucking guy. I'll get to you when I get to you. Yeah, I'm right. about to be a dad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I, when I can throw in there that I know someone and, and what usually happens now is, and I do this on purpose is on my Instagram it's basically just pictures of all the guests. Sure. Because someone can just comb through and most people will be like, you've had like three people that I know on. Or, oh, yeah. I don't know any of them, but I've heard of this person. I know this person. <laughs> I know Andre Knott. I know Bill Squire. Yeah, I know all these people. So I feel comfortable. That does yeah. help. Yeah. But I had to build that up for a while. So Sure. Yeah. yeah, I love Lisa. I actually, I just listened to the episode that you did with or, or at least parts of the episode you did with her. She's She's been great. She's been writing for us a little bit in our food section. And, yeah, um, she's awesome. She's a... 
I had a lot of fun. It was funny when I when when she came on. It was right before the the we, and we talked a lot about it in the episode too. We were both nominated for best podcast. Sure. So there was a little bit yeah. of friendly friendly jabbing going back and forth about who it was going to be. Yeah. Obviously, this ended up being number one. <laughs> but Lisa was too. She's got a good. I love what she does. Oh yeah, it's great. I really really do. It, it's very you know it's very focused. Very um she's she's got a great concept and you know. As someone who was most recently writing about food before I took over the magazine, um, you know, I was a little jealous I didn't get to it. It, it just makes so much sense. It was almost it was almost shocking no one had done it yet, and that's not to discredit her. Uh, and she does it so well. She she's so sweet and has so much fun with it. Yeah, and hers hers is more specific because I think people hear the CLE food cast, and then I think they like because I know a lot of other people that are influential in the field, like. Uh, uh, like just the, like CLE girls or CLE girls. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of them that really kind of highlight business and food, but hers does seem to be hers is different in that in the way that she's doing it, where it's not just hey you should check this place out. Like she's going in deep, and that's what I really like about it. Yeah, it's like in, it's it's industry focused, yes. and it's it's per it's people focused, and you know, frankly, that's always how I tried to approach food writing. Is you know. I, I don't have a better recipe for anything than you do. Um, my wife's a better cook than me. Same. Um, but I, you know, I, I always really loved restaurants, the experience of restaurants, meeting. I worked in um, a pizza place uh, in Menor growing up called Longo's Pizza and, um, you know, really grew up with Mr. Longo, learning about the restaurant industry and stuff like that. And um, so I was, I always try to approach it from like that industry point of view. I always said I cover restaurants, not food. I cover chefs, not food. And I think Lisa, she gets a little more into cooking and ingredients and farming and things like that than I really did. But, um, I think she does an amazing job. She wrote two brilliant, uh, features for us this year. One of which was on Zach Brule, um, from, you know, Parallax mm-hmm, yeah. and La Albatro. Um, and it, it was right around Father's Day. I always Day. say Albatross. I just yeah, I'm, yeah. I but just I'm a, cre- I'm a Cretan. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was. A, she she did a, a brilliant uh, profile of the sh- of Zach and his son Julian, who works for him there. And then another one on a cookbook writer, uh, Christina Cho, who grew up in uh, Westlake and just won a James Beard Award for writing. So okay, okay, yeah. it, and I it's fine. I actually have been familiar with the the James Beard Award recently because. Uh, I know that Jill over at Salt, she mm-hmm. was up for it. Jill came on. She was awesome. And I love Salt. Yeah. I've yeah. always really, really liked that place. Oh, yeah. And th- I think that's the other reason I like kind of like what you're doing and what Lisa's doing because especially in a city like Cleveland, I think – I don't think a lot of people obviously outside the city know how food – I think people are like, yeah, you're Cleveland. You're a bunch mm-hmm. of idiots. Of course, you guys eat <laughs> a lot. But I don't think that they realize, especially in the last 10 years – and even in the last year, I feel like we're keeping a lot of the good classics and still coming up with new ones all yeah. the time. Yeah. All the time. I, I've just recently like been to a couple ones that I just – I love. And at the same time, I don't lose the ones that I don't ever want to go away mm-hmm. with a couple notable exceptions. Yeah. And I think you know the pandemic obviously was was tough. We lost Sokolowski's and you know mm-hmm. a couple of things like that. But – and you know Lola. Lola was a big loss. But yeah. you know uh, Cordelia, I, I'm – I love what they're doing over there. So they came right in and kind of carried the, that torch. And, um, yeah, I, I would totally agree with you. And a lot of the other thing I always try to do is, you know, in, in not in a way of not in any sort of way that's not journalistic, but I do try to support the industry in some respects, too, because I do feel that it's it's fragile. So it's like, 
you know, people, I, I wrote something earlier this year about, um, you know, I, I think I called it something like, why is my burger $15 now? Um, uh. <laughs> and just talking about how food costs are rising. And I think people think because you have a successful business, you, you're super rich and you're bringing in so much money, but the profit margins are so thin in a restaurant. The and thinnest in, in It's the thinnest margins in any industry that absolutely. I can think of. Yeah. Restaurant, food. Any type of restaurant, yeah. whether it's like we were talking about like a Cordelia mm-hmm. or if you want a franchise of Burger King, it is the thinnest margins. Yeah, yeah. unless, you know, and unless you serve booze um, and even if you do, you know, it's it's very, very difficult business. And um, when you looked at when you look at food costs this year, the certain ingredients are up like 350 percent. Oh, yeah. It's I mean, it's absolutely insane. And it's just funny how I think we can all see that when we're at the grocery store. But then when we get our check, it, it gets difficult to justify a $15 burger sometimes. But it's just it's just where it is. You know, you're not getting ripped off. No, you, you're not. And that's a really good point. And you're 100 percent right. No one looks at it that way because everyone does think if you own a restaurant or a bar, you're rich. Yeah. I don't know where that came from, but especially you- if it's busy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and everyone that I've talked to, whether it's like I've talked to, you know, Alex at Jukebox, like Lindsay at Flight, her mm, and I, I had love a, her. I do too. Uh, Lindsay at Flight, her and I had a long talk about that. And she's like, it is, I don't know how to explain it to people. Yes, I'm glad that you come in. I'm glad there's people here. I'm glad it's popular. I'm glad it's doing well. But I am not rich mm-hmm. <laughs> by any stretch of the means. Something, she's like, something breaks every day. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, my freezer broke three days ago. 800 hours, I got to pay for it. Yeah. It's just something like that happens every single day. Yeah. And that was before the pandemic when her and I first spoke. Yeah. And then, you know, she opened back up. Her and I are actually planning another one shortly again, uh, just because we just have fun. At this point now, we just, I know about her, so I don't have to learn about sure. her. So, like, let's just drink some wine and bullshit. Yeah. And she's yeah. But yeah, that's a, that's a real thing. People have trouble connecting those dots between, mm-hmm. hey, when I bought chicken at the store, inflation. When I bought chicken here, greedy owner yeah exactly exactly (laughs) no one's like what do you think i mean they also score their chicken somewhere they're not just they don't have a farm in the back right but but it should be farm to table it should be you know all of these things yet you know i don't want to pay for extra for it and and i'm not um you know i'm not criticizing people or calling them dumb or anything like that and whenever i talk to chefs about this they're always careful not to do that either i just don't think people understand And, and that's that's so much of what I like to do really with the magazine across the board, you know, sometimes we talk about it. What's the big dumb question that, you know, you're afraid of to ask, you know, why is, why is it important? You know, we have the County executive race this, this month, um, you know, or in November, you know, what does the County executive do? Why should I care about that? That's the big dumb question that you're afraid to ask your friends, but you know, you can come to us for it and we'll, we'll hopefully try to answer that for you. And that's, that's, I think the food cost thing is an, a good example of that big dumb question. You know, why is my burger 15 bucks when it used to be seven? There's a lot of big dumb questions yeah. and, and no one wants to know the, and no one wants to ask the, like, so we were joking around earlier about kind of like the, the, the political aspect of any type of like media and what you mm-hmm. do. And I know you'd say, well, you know, where I do more a lot on the food side yeah and i knew that but there there is a political aspect and we kind of just touched on it right sure. here yeah it's the it's the the and i, I don't want to call it being stupid it's almost being selectively stupid mm. um you just again i think it goes back to just kind of like that and i and i think restaurants again that that misconception that if you own a restaurant or a bar you're rich and it's the 
I understand inflation when I'm buying food for my kid. Mm -hmm. I do not understand inflation when I am out at a restaurant. Out at a restaurant is because I don't want to have to worry about cooking. Mm -hmm. Everything should be exactly the way I want it to be. And I think – I do think a lot of people have understood and move along with that. They're continuing to be, I think, very patient with servers as it's still a very, you know, it's some people are still struggling with from a, mm-hmm. a worker standpoint. And then you have the, uh, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer. Everyone, please just be cool. I did that for three years. I completely understand it. My wife did that for several years. We both get it. Mm-hmm. It takes a little bit longer. It takes a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. We made the decision to not cook. <laughs> <laughs> but the 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 thing about it is is kind of like what we touch on i think there's a lot of different it can also spider web into a lot of different directions in terms of uh of kind of a political aspect like when we were talking about the best of mm-hmm. that's come out and you guys showcase a lot of that yeah i got a lot of backlash I don't, all right i don't want to say backlash i got a lot of confrontational messages back mm-hmm. when i was like posting hey these are my votes you know who this is what i think is the best here's yeah. my favorite pizza here's my favorite bar here's my favorite brewery and people were hitting me up like i think you're really missing the like one people weren't understanding i was supporting past guests for one yeah. and yes i also do think that they are the best that's why i was saying that but i couldn't man i mean it turned really contentious yeah <laughs> and to the point where i stopped doing it i did like twice like this is just a fucking nightmare i don't want to do this anymore yeah do you get that yeah i mean like is, is that do just i understand a, it or do i no no, no i know it? you don't yeah. understand it because it doesn't uh, make any fucking sense yeah but what i mean is like so you you post like uh like like the 15 dollar but let's stay on that one okay so how was that received? I understand it. Mm-hmm. How was it received, like, like, like as a whole? What were some of your – was there anything that was that surprised you or didn't surprise you? Or was it exactly what you thought was going to happen? You know, I mean, with that one specifically, there, there was a lot of reactions, a lot of – it was a lot of support from the industry. I think some people – there was certainly some – a little bit of backlash, you know, um, people saying, well, I just won't pay that or, you know, and – to my, you know, my response would be, okay, well then don't go. Don't you're not go required to. No, you're not. It's not a tax. Yeah. Um, so, you know, something like that is uh, not designed to to cause polarization or anything, but certainly to create discussion, yeah. um, you know, and, and it did. And, you know, I, I don't remember any specific um, – any specific – you know, negative reaction to it, but, but we do get them all the time. I mean, you can't, you can't, it's, it's really, really hard to think about everything and it's really, really hard to totally avoid it. And, you know, I would say, especially, um, before my, uh, time as editor the past couple of years and, um, and even in during my time, you know, I think we have done really what our sort of mantra is, is to, um, showcase the best of Cleveland and to be champions for Cleveland. And now that doesn't mean we're never negative. You know, you have to criticize um, if we want people to be informed in in the know and things like that. We have to criticize things every once in a while, um, you know, but we are largely pretty positive. You know, there I, I never I didn't really write a truly negative restaurant review because there were so many restaurants that I was excited about that. It didn't, you know, it it just didn't really cross my mind to go spend a whole bunch of energy on the ones that that sucked, you know. Um, it, even though if I went and trashed somebody, it would have done been really good for our page views and sure. you know for sort of my social media numbers and things like that. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, you bother everybody. We, I mean, just this this weekend with the playoffs, and you know, I, I certainly support the 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 name change to the Guardians, and I th- I think it was it was definitely due um, for them not to be the Indians anymore. But we we showcased this ninety five year old woman who was in the crowd, and she was wearing um, Indians garb, and we got so many you know negative responses, and it was like. You know, it's just there's no there's not a whole lot of nuance anymore. So you know, I I kind of talking in circles on this. I I don't I don't know what I don't. But it's because I don't know what to make of it. It's it comes it really comes more often in in moments that I'm totally shocked that it's happening when we're like you know being positive or celebrating something and people still find some sort of negative thread. That's what that's where I'm just like. Yeah, I, don't know, I you, threw my hands up a little bit. No, it, I, I completely understand. I one of the things I love doing more than anything is just posting the 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 title of an article that I can't even believe exists. Yeah, I do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, because a lot of the times I'm just I'm not I'm like I'm not gonna dig into this and not I'm not gonna be like I can't believe this. This is bullshit. I'll just post it and put a little joke next to it. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the one recently was uh, um, I cannot remember the team that did it. I want to say maybe it was. The Dolphins, maybe? I can't remember. Either way, some protester ran on the field, and one of the football, one of the, the, the players, mm-hmm. like, knocked this dude on his ass because the security couldn't get him. And I yeah, believe I the protester filed a police report. Yeah, yeah. He's suing. <laughs> he's going like, to have a full-on lawsuit. Fuck, man? Yeah. Now, he's going to lose because ultimately he's not allowed on the field, so it doesn't matter. His argument is going to be... It's not his job. It was the security's job, and mm-hmm. he's trained, and he heard me, and all this kind of shit. To me, it doesn't matter. It's going to get thrown out. It's going to be negated by the fact that he ran out on the field because you're not allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. Also, I think – and the, the football player, I don't think, was thinking this because he came out just like, hey, man, security was having trouble, so I just knocked him down. <laughs> but you don't know why anyone's running on the field. I don't know, especially in this day and age. Yeah, man. You know, I see like those those videos that people post on like YouTube and TikTok of of like walking through and they're filming things and then people go go up and say you can't film. They're like First Amendment. I'm like, look, I understand that, but in this day and age, when you just go into a public place, a public building, and you're just filming things and you have, you won't tell people why, that would scare me too. Mm-hmm. It just would, mm-hmm. you know. But I I understand you're allowed to, and I I do I get that part, but. There isn't a part of me that if I see someone in like a public or a government building walking around filming stuff and they won't give a reason why they're doing it, they won't tell them their name. I'm like, ah, we should leave. I don't. That makes me comfortable. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, with shootings and all, all these things yeah. that can happen, man. I just, I'm not saying that you don't have the right to do that. I am saying, let's back off on these people. Like these aren't, they aren't, they're not tyrants. They're as uncomfortable as I am. Yeah. And I think with that guy, it's just a a, a silly, silly. It is what it is. Yeah, I think that you know. Yeah, I think there's a certain level of decency that's just yeah, that's not lost. really yeah. happening anymore. And I mean, you know, and to bring it back to the Vesa Cleveland thing and the reactions to it is like, I mean, as as someone whose whose company, whose brand, whose uh, magazine, um, you know, puts a lot of Vesa Cleveland is a lot of our brand. You know, it's it's not scientific fact that any of these things are the best like it's fun it's supposed to be fun like this is not a hard-hitting piece like your podcast and lisa's podcast is apples and oranges there is not one that is better yeah really well mine is but yeah yeah (laughs) and and so it's no i I agree it's It's completely different silly that people want to get pissed off about that when there are things that you could be getting pissed off but you know i think i think it's also I, I 
I try to back up when I start talking like this because it's diff- I think it's difficult to be uh, a human today and to consume me- the media and it, it, there's so much coming at you. It's so complicated. It's so complex, which is why that big dumb question thing works because you know we're moving at such a, a pace with the the yeah. media diet right now that it is much easier and you feel a lot more confident arguing about you know why isn't Angelo's pizza in the the best pizza this year than you do really confronting the the huge issues that are over you know kind of hanging over our head every day so i think mm-hmm. that's often why we see a lot more of a visceral reaction to those things because it's just easier than dealing with some of the things that really matter. I, I think you're right. I, I I really, really think you're right about that. Um, it's much easier. I think you can also insert into things like that personal experience. Mm-hmm. Most none of us can insert personal experience in the Ukraine situation. Yeah, right. You know, but someone can be like, I had a really bad, you know, with the service at Angelo's. Yeah. Was, you know, they can turn that into, well, this happened to me. And, 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 People like doing that. Yeah. People like turning that into, well, but what about me? This was my experience. Mm. And I've done that, man. Sure. I did. I, I, shit. Who was I talking? I can't remember who I was talking to, but we were joking around and that this, this woman, she was so nice. She was like, I, well, I know who it was. It was uh, Clee Girls. She oh. was so sweet. And she's like, look, I've had bad experiences with products and with places and with businesses, but I just don't post about it. I wouldn't trash them. I'm like, oh, I have. You know? <laughs> you know? And I named one that I hated. To this day, I still do. I had a terrible, terrible, terrible experience. <laughs> and it was such a bad experience. And I'm not a dude that goes on Yelp. You yeah. know? But I this was such a bad experience. I I just remember just eating this. I'm like, I can't believe this is happening. This is yeah. so terrible. But, yeah, people will like to – and I understand you, you pumping the brakes on some of that because I think you also have a different view than the rest of us because you're like, this is just what I do, which is mm-hmm. part of it. If I was putting out an article every single day or an opinion every single day that X amount of people saw, that would be part of my life too. Yeah. And I would have – your attitude about it too, where I'm just like, I really can't get that caught up in this because like you said, it's just my opinion on something, an experience I had and some feedback we've gotten from viewers, from, from readers, from other people in the area that really, really like it. So we did a story on it. Sorry you had a bad experience, but at least from what we've seen, you're not in the majority and I had a good time. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And I mean, you know, and this is why I, I have kind of, uh, I, I, I do writing reviews isn't really my favorite thing because I'm kind of I'm kind of the worst uh, about not the worst I'm probably the best if you're the like the waiter or the chef because you know I, I'll be in La La Land you know for for an oh. hour and a half before I even realize that my food it hasn't come on time like you know I'm just I, I'm just happy I love sitting in a restaurant drinking my drink and I just do too. relaxing so. Um, you know, my food I, takes not, too long. That's like, oh, another yeah, beer. Right. Another beer? Great. Yeah. <laughs> like, I will that's, find the That's how you can get that. me. As So yeah. here's, here's the big secret. If you ever see me come in to review your restaurant, if the food is taking a long time, just make sure every time my beer is empty, you come to my table <laughs> and you replenish it. That's all I care about. Because if you, I'm sitting there for an hour with an empty beer, then I'm going to be upset. But that's about it. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm going to start comparing, you know. Right. This experience to the Middle East. <laughs> and, you know, but I don't think we have the power to – maybe, but I, I don't I don't feel like I have the power to close a restaurant. Uh, we certainly have the power to uh, help business a little bit here and there. Um, but we certainly have the power to um, – as re- reviewers to uh, negatively affect a restaurant. And so I, I take that – 
I take that very seriously. I it, it's not that I will never write a negative review for that reason, but I always consider it. And and I think, you know, I, you might be an elite yelper, <laughs> but there's I'm it, not it, no. <laughs> it, it's it's a slightly lower amount like level of consequence where if if I and that's the other thing is um you know I always visit I visit more if I have a bad experience than if I even than if I have a good experience sometimes because I want to make sure it wasn't just the one time it's a great point you know? um and I've I've done that recently with a place that I I I used to really really like and uh my last two times like the first time I was like hey man this is the first time I've been here where it was bad whatever just it happens the second time i was like okay this might be the new norm yeah. um but yeah I, I i get what you're saying and i think you're right i mean i've honestly with the exception of that one time in my life i can't think of an experience where i was just <laughs> where i had to go and tell everyone how bad this was yeah if it comes up i'll be like i went there i didn't really enjoy it that much but that was me right that's kind of it yeah and it doesn't become my weekend's crusade right i mean my my dirty little secret is you know everyone thinks i'm like a gourmand now because i've been writing about food for the past <laughs> couple of years but like you know just like everyone else i'm standing in you know in my underwear and in, in like in front of my refrigerator like with no, no light at two in the morning with no light <laughs> but the refrigerator light on you know shoving sh- shredded cheese in my mouth just like everybody else oh, so, I'm so glad you do that you know <laughs> so it's like you know i just love food man i love being out there so sometimes I, i'm like it's hard for me to have a really, really, truly, truly negative experience. Like an anywhere. atrocious time. I've That's had a couple. Tough. I've had a couple this year that I I didn't love, um, and some that other people love. But uh, most of the time, man. And this has been a great year for restaurants. I mean, Amba, um, great by place. Doug Katz is amazing. Um, Zug, his other restaurant on the on the east side. Mm-hmm. You know, more Mediterranean to Amba's Indian on the west side. I mean, I I I've eaten in. Many cities, uh, I I think he can dance with anybody, um, Doug. And, you know, I think that Cordelia is really doing something special over there. I think it's very celebratory of Midwest dining, Midwest culture. Um, you know, uh, I'm trying to think. I thought uh, Brightside, I think Brightside's really nice over there by I'm, Sam uh, McNulty. I was really excited for Brightside when I found out that the fries and the breakfast pizza were staying. Yeah. Because I was like... From Barcento, yeah. Barcento, that that's, was, that still, I think, might be the best breakfast pizza I've ever had. Yeah, it's And great. I take breakfast and pizza very seriously. Yeah, I believe it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the fries. It, yeah, and I loved... Uh, I always loved Barcento. I always did. I thought yeah. the place was cool. But um, And I was sad to see it go. But uh, yeah, Brightside, really like what they did. That place looks cool. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think it was time for, for a refresh only because of just, you know, I think it's sort of the trend. You know, you've seen Karen Small do the same thing at Flying Fig over um, in Ohio City. It's just, you know, they had a good run. And as as much as we love, I, and I think about this with the magazine too often. Like, I'm always trying to think about how can I feature a restaurant I feel like there's this in-between uh, period, like 15 to, to 20 year, years, um, maybe even 10 to 20 years. Like once you hit 20, 25, 30, 50, people start celebrating your anniversaries and they start thinking about you as like a, a classic Cleveland restaurant. When you're the new restaurant, everyone talks about you as the new restaurant. But, you know, 
it's really it's 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 much more difficult thing to be around for seven, eight, nine, ten years than it is to be around for to open a restaurant, you know. And so I always am trying to find ways to sneak, um, you know, something like a barcento before I left, or, or you know, a we flying did. fig, or or and even a salt. You know, sometimes it's hard to find a good excuse to write about salt again. But like, I think it's important to find those excuses because. You know, we want to keep them around. We don't want you don't want to get too caught up in the new shiny thing and forget about the people who have been doing it right for a long time. Completely agree. And that I think I mentioned that, but it's the the thing I liked about the city. I think Lakewood is also really good at this too. Sure, is that they keep a lot of the um the classics like the, the stuff that I'm used to, like the 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 staples, but still will bring in some new stuff every once yeah, in a while yeah. too. I do like that a lot. And I, I very much agree with that because I do like that a lot. And uh you're you're right. I mean it's so again, we go back to like the the restaurant, how hard it is to open a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Then it's really hard. It's almost like uh we we liken it to uh like when a fighter wins a championship. But a lot of them will say the same thing. Winning a championship's not tough. Defending it is tough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah continuing to defend it and like you know continuing to kind of stay fresh or relevant that's why i always applaud different ones like uh cloak and dagger does this. lbm is fantastic yeah. at doing this it's that just every three months eric and them they'll change the menu they'll mm-hmm. i mean i mean they'll change it completely mm-hmm. it'll go from like a like a, a meat heavy then it's like an asian theme and they'll do it for like th- three months yeah and they just redo the menu and that's that's why places like that i think continue they're still just adored you know and that's yeah. any that that's a place where you know it's all the restaurants all the places in the city someone comes in town and they're like where should i go i'm like if you have a couple days go to lbm once yeah yeah get a drink there get a get an appetizer but you got to go there it's a, it's a place you just have to go that's yeah. just my opinion what uh when we talk about classic cleveland restaurants what is your what do you think is a classic cleveland restaurant well, you know, two years ago, I would have said Lolo and Sokolowski. I mean, it really would have been my first two. And now I, I do think it's a little tough. I, I think um, I, I would have said Greenhouse Tavern before they close. And while it, that's not a classic Cleveland restaurant in the sense of it's been here forever, um, I think they celebrate what it's like to eat in Cleveland. Um, I, you know, we, we did... Uh, another one, uh, Balaton, uh, over in Shaker Square, just closed. Um, you know, I, I do think it's it's. I do think that while there's a lot of great like neighborhood corner sp- spots left and stuff like that, I do think we are kind of going into a period where a lot of these longtime staples uh, have dried up. Hot Sauce Williams is another uh, yeah. one that's gone. You know, and so. I don't know. It's it, it, it's tough. It's tough to think of them right now. I mean, uh, I'm trying to think. We did a, a package a couple of years ago that that highlight highlighted a lot. I mean, um, we talked about Herb's Tavern over here in Rocky I like, River. I like Herb's Tavern. Yeah, classic Herb Burger. I, that's a yeah. That I actually would I, I would put that in there, and I, I don't know why. Yeah. I just I, every time I I'm like. Herb's Tavern. I just say it when I when I drive by it. I'm just yeah. like, oh, I love Herb's Tavern. Right. I don't even go there that often, but every time I'm like, I yeah. like Herb's Tavern. <laughs> I would call Mally's one. Uh, Ma- I you know there's some there's something about my I grew up in Manor. We had a Mally's over there. Okay. Um, you know that's like that's just a classic um, thing for me. But you know I think we've lost a lot of the high profile ones. Like I'm a huge Anthony Bourdain fan. Um, when he came to Cleveland. Most of the restaurants he visited are gone now, and that that's that's really sad. I mean, 
but now when you expand that to dive bars when you look more into neighborhoods there's still a great 50 70 year old spot in every neighborhood i mean some really really that that's one that i think we are we're really good at neighborhood dive bars and and the ones i'm gonna name right now they're not I think people hear dive bars and they think like it's like it's not. I think of it more as a neighborhood bar. Mm-hmm. Jukebox is a fantastic example sure. of that. I've loved that place since I moved up here. Yeah. Uh, XYZ I think falls in that for me too because I just love it. I love places that have good bar food. Uh, for me, it's a lot of beer selection. Mm-hmm. Whether it's cans, actually, I prefer the cans now. I think if really? you have a lot of cans, I like that. Um, if you're gonna go. Judd City Tap, I think, is fantastic. Yeah. Because yeah. they have hot dogs behind the bar. I probably shouldn't eat one. I did. Right. You know? Like, that's... Yeah. yeah. I think Cleveland's got a lot of those that fall in that category. And good neighborhood places that I just love to have a beer in. Mm-hmm. Just can't be beat. Yeah. Um, You'd mentioned uh, something about... And, and I don't want to harp on it too much. Because I, I know that's not the point of it. But when you talk about... Like criticisms of a place where, where you're like, look, I just I have to I can't because it doesn't seem like it's going to be something where my food took too long or I didn't like the mozzarella sticks or something like that. Yeah. Like what is something where it's like I can't ignore this? You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, you know, so I would say like when I approach a review, I, I tend to be a lot more critical the big the more I'm paying. Because I think that, you know, if you are going out and you're going to spend two, three, four hundred dollars on dinner, you're going to buy expensive wine, all that stuff. I think you deserve to know if that's um, if that place is worth that money. You know, not everyone. I I always think of the readers first. I always think of my friends and and stuff like that first. And I think that the. it's it's a bigger gamble. So like I always try to be more critical of those kind of places. Like, you know, I had a tomahawk. Yeah, thank you. Um I had a tomahawk steak that I just couldn't cut through uh one time. It was a $100 steak and I just I, it was nope, that's it was legit. inedible. That was one that I just, I couldn't do it. But you know, if I get a bad, you know, even a $15 burger, it's hard for me to really rip that. Um I don't now if my service is really bad again and I'm spending a lot of money, I might I might uh, I might mention that, but you know, it, it, if it's a burger joint, I'm probably not going to rip the the service because this is not a city where um, the the labor pool for waiters is so high that they have, you know, I I know the situations that these restaurants are in. Yeah, um, I like that you're taking that into consideration too. Yeah, I yeah. Th- I feel like sometimes I, I I've read I read some and they just feel like hit jobs where I'm, where it's almost like do you like are you ignoring what's happened in the last two years and what is currently going on? Right. Like so that that's that's odd for me sometimes to read. Yeah, and, and so I think like the more the more you're gambling, um, the more that I want to rip something, uh, you know, or not rip something, but the, the more you gamble, the more I want to make sure that you're going to likely win and. There's restaurants that I love that you could spend a lot of money, and there's three or four dishes that I didn't like. Yeah. And I, I typically order the whole menu when I'm doing one of these reviews. Um, you know, I can think of – and the other thing is that I'm trying to help you – I'm not necessarily always trying to say go to this restaurant or don't go to this restaurant. Sometimes I am, but often I'm also just trying to help you 
spend your money wisely. I want to tell you, I didn't really like this dish, so maybe don't waste the $11 on it when you've got this dish over here that I love. You know, I I, I can recently think about, I, I was negative about, um, you know, uh, arancini, and, and, the, and the chef had, uh, it, which is a little uh, cheesy, like, rice, breaded rice ball. And, oh, yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah. The chef had, had trained in Italy, and so if you if you know that the chef is from Italy, you're gonna think that this this dish is gonna be good. You're probably gonna yeah, order yeah, yeah. it, and I, I didn't enjoy it, and I loved everything else on the menu. So my criticism was, don't order this and this because you're gonna probably miss out on this, this, and this. And so I always try to make a point with it and not just rip things. But but a lot of what I'm doing when I write a review, and that's different. Then how other people write reviews, it's just how I decided to approach it, is I want to make you spend your money wisely, and I want to find ways for you to get a unique experience here. Here's what this chef does better than everyone else. They might have chicken fingers and burgers on the menu because the profit margins make sense on those, sure. and, and it... And it and it justifies them getting this roasted – having this roasted duck on the menu. But I think you should get the roasted duck because you're not going to get that anywhere else. So I'm really thinking of it in terms of like informing people in that way. That's an interesting way and I think something that like a casual reader like myself maybe doesn't necessarily see or notice where – Let's stick with like the type of food type. Yeah. So, so if you're going to a place that's maybe not necessarily an Italian place, but has an Italian, but has an Italian options on the menu, yeah. As opposed to just saying, "Hey, you know what? This isn't really something that I enjoyed." Instead, you're saying something like, "If you like the traditional type of Italian dishes, this may not be for you." Yeah. However, they have a spin on it that includes this, 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 and this that you might enjoy. Yeah. But don't be surprised; it's not a traditional this, or it's not a traditional enchilada. It's not a traditional Greek, whatever yeah. it might be. You can let them know, like, if you're expecting like a gyro that you would get at Greek Village, don't, because yeah. they don't do it that way. Sure. But they do a different version of it. But if you want a regular gyro from Greek Village. Don't – that's not for you because you're not yeah. going to get it and you're going to be disappointed because you're not going to know. Yeah. Another approach – you know, and another thing that that's – that that kind of hints at another thing I always I, – I like to do, you know. Um, Asian food was a blind spot for me when I start, first started writing about food. And so I – rather than trying to pretend like it wasn't, I sort of just tried to um, – take the approach of educating others who might be in the same position, you know. I think a lot of people, when they go to a nice sushi restaurant, um, yeah, they don't they don't know what to do. I, I don't either. You yeah. know, I kind of lean on my wife for that. Yeah. I'm like, hey, that's what the hell is that word? Mm -hmm. You know, because yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know? and so that's that's what I like to do, you know. I want to I wanna have you go to a restaurant prepared to not feel like an idiot. And, and I, I think it's – I think that that, that – it isn't talked about enough, you know. I think Cleveland diners are often, you know, they they kind of feel stupid when they go out sometimes, and I think they eat safer. Some I think they eat too safe sometimes because of that. And of course, that's changed like crazy. Um, I but I grew up on the east side, and and chefs still tell me that um they have a hard time charging too much or getting too experimental on on the east side of Cleveland, and um. You know, and I think, and I just think it's fear. I not not even fear. It's just that they they just don't know. And, and so I like to inform people. Here's the history behind it. Here's a, and I, and I do have some cardinal sins. You know, I I don't like um, 
if you brand yourself as as a traditional sushi place and there's spicy mayo and crunchy stuff on it, you know, yeah, that's that. I I I don't really like that. You know, I I, I don't think Even a Caesar salad needs chicken. You know, there's <laughs> yeah. there's some of those tradi- those like I I am a bit of a traditionalist. Yeah. you know, when it comes to that kind of thing. But I think that's a really good point. I, I for some reason I, I when you said the Caesar salad doesn't need chicken, but you have those non-adventurous eaters that need to have the chicken. Sure. And everyone has two or three of those in their family. Sure. I do. Sure. Yeah. They're like, oh, I love fries and I love chicken fingers. That's kind of all I get. And you're like, you're 41. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. branch out. Also, it, the east side versus west side, it's interesting you bring that up because there are some very good restaurants on the east side. Mm-hmm. But I think if you were to ask everybody, the west side is where they think that's where all the quote-unquote good restaurants are, yeah. even though I don't think it's necessarily that. But the last three of the last five guests I've had, three of them have either during the recorder or recording or afterwards said, but the West Side's where all the food is. Something to that effect. I think that – so I, I don't think it's that simple. I think that you have a lot of um, like Eastern European uh, people on the East Side. I think you have a lot of Italians. You have a lot of Irish. You have uh, – um, you know, and so I, I think that the good restaurants on the East Side are – the Italian, I mean, Longo's Pizza and their offshoot Pastinas. It, it, I, I'm from Menor. You know, those are the two most popular restaurants in Menor. They have been doing it for 50 years there. Uh, and it's it, it's hearty Italian food. Even Pastina, it's a little more fine dining. But it's Italian food. I mean, you have Little Italy on the nearest east side. Um, Euclid has some great uh, little family joints, Italian um, burger joints, all those things. But you're not gonna that it's not true anymore. But when I was growing up, you you're not gonna find a good Asian restaurant on on the Far East Side. You just you just weren't. Now there's a Isho Isho Ni They have a ramen hibachi sushi place in Willoughby, and they have a poke place in Willoughby. That's or in Menor. That's pretty good. Um, and it's in Hook and Hoof, or I'm sorry, um, yeah, it is Hook and Hoof. In yeah. uh, downtown Willoughby is amazing. The Pompadour in Fairport Harbor is amazing, uh, but they still get complaints. I mean, I go there with my dad on my birthday, and you know, he buys a fifteen dollar small plate, and he's like, "Where's the rest of it?" You know, <laughs> and and then and, and that's he, dad's. Yeah, oh yeah. He, <laughs> oh my god, we went there on my birthday, and that's because it's one of my favorite restaurants out there. And so my parents, they used to live in Concord. Now now in Menor. And we went out there and, you know, drinking, hanging out and all that stuff. And, um, you know, afterwards, my I get a text from my sister who drove home with my parents. And she goes, Dad is going through the Steak and Shake drive through right now. We just had a $250, $300 dinner. And my dad's going through Steak and Shake drive through That's a d- I don't know what, if that is just like a like – a, my dad was the same way. My dad – now, granted, we were in Akron. We did not have a lot of options, especially when I was growing up. There's a lot more there now. Yeah, it's good enough. My dad loved like three places. <laughs> like three yeah. Um, for breakfast, we always went every Sunday to a place called Jack Horner's. When that place closed, my dad was like, what the fuck are we going to do now? Because <laughs> apparently we just couldn't get eggs anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> um, he loved House of Hunan in the plaza <laughs> by our house. He, to the day he died, if I would message him and be like, hey, let's get lunch. We were going to Cracker Barrel. I, we didn't have to talk about <laughs> it. And uh, 
there was this other place in Akron. It's gone now. It was gone years ago. But every Friday night dinner with the family, we went to Rudolph's Ribs in Montrose. That was our jam. <laughs> Those were the four places yeah. that we went. Yeah. And if I was not with my family, I went to Wendy's. That was it. Yeah. That was it. I didn't know anything. That's why when I met my wife and we started doing all these new restaurants, then we it's one big reason we moved up here. Yeah. We're like, we just need more stuff to do. We're getting older. We don't really need to go out, but I want restaurant options. Yeah. And you know, I went to school up here, so I was like, well, we were coming up here a lot. That's why we moved up here. And we just loved it. I'm so glad we did. And I'm, so, and I'm still so glad because we just keep having so many new options. But it's funny hearing you say that. That's what I think my dad would have done. Mm-hmm. If he was still around and I brought him up here, I'm like, Dad, we're going to take you to Amba. It's a new restaurant. You're going to love it. <laughs> He's like, Patty, my mom, like, we got to stop and get, like, a taco or something. Yeah. Like, we stop <laughs> right. at Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. That place was terrible. <laughs> right. I did. I was lucky. You know, I grew up on um, my my mom. She was born in France, but grew up in Croatia and um, moved here when she was about nine or ten. So I grew up, uh, you know, every Sunday going to my grandparents' house, my nonna and noni, and just eating um Croatian peasant food. So you, you know, know you knew food before you even really realized you knew food. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, and we were doing, I mean, we would have these little family parties, and my grandfather would do whole hog uh, roasts in the back, you know, on uh, digging the hole on, on the spit and oh, stuff really? like that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we got, you got to hear, come on, eat the cheek, eat the cheek. And, you know, it, that was that was really how I grew up, really without knowing it, because I felt like I was in this cultural wasteland. Um, sometimes, you know, in manner and, um, and then, and then I got older and I, you know, would tell people about like Sunday dinner at my nonas and, you know, eating the stuffed cabbage and, you know, all these, um, it's specific sausages and things like that. Um, chivapchi cheese, foreign to everybody like my else. favorite, yeah. uh, little, it's like a blend of lamb and, and beef, chivapchi um, We'd have hundreds of them on the grill every Sunday, and um, I, I, I really didn't realize how special that was until uh, I got older and I finally went to Croatia and experienced it, and it was something special. Man. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that's a that that's something that was always lost on. Well, I think I think a lot of families, unless you had a very, like a culturally not even a culturally diverse, but a culturally deep family, mm-hmm. like if you had like like relatives that were from, you know, uh, the homeland, whatever you want to call yeah, it, yeah, right. I mean, that's different. And that's, you know, Mexican, Italian, anything like that. And in your case, like, you know, French, Croatian, I mean, that's, that's different, but you grew up with that. So you you don't know anything else. You don't know how unique it is compared to the rest of us who are, you know, basically having hot dogs three days a week. Yeah. Yeah. And not that we were complaining about the hot dogs. We were just like, but that's how we grew up. And then, but you get older and you start realizing like, wow, there's so many. And again, why I've always really liked being up here in the city and it continues to be this way is that within 15 mile radius, I have Mediterranean, Italian, a lot of Mexican places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you Some of the Greek, best Asian in the Asian, Midwest for Indian, sure. I mean, you yeah. have so many options here. And you know, just one of the things that I'm glad that I can take advantage of it now. I wish I was taking advantage of it earlier. It's funny, you know. And my mom's uh, growing up, my mom's favorite stuff to cook was like Mexican. Um, you know, she uh, 
it, it, it was just very American. I grew up eating very American yeah. at home because it was almost like a backlash. She like she couldn't look at another like stew to save her life. But um, you know now we all look back and really appreciate that. It's funny you see like some of those cultural things. Like, I don't know if you spent a lot of time in like Canada, but Canada is something that they're starved for good Mexican food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I used to have clients uh, when I lived and worked in Akron. They were in Toronto, and every time they'd come here, they're like, "We don't care what we do, take us to one of your Mexican places." And it, because it's the U.S., sure. we just have a large Mexican population. Sure. Yeah. So a lot of these restaurants are authentic, and they're run by oh, Mexican yeah. families, and they're cooked by Mexican people. So it's good. You know the difference. And that was the thing. They're like, that's the one thing that in Canada, it's just something we just don't have that much of mm-hmm. is good Mexican food. So when they would come down here, they're like, anywhere. Anywhere that's a Mexican food, that's where you got to take us. But it was something I was like, why Mexican? Like, why? Yeah. We eat it all the time. Because <laughs> they're like, we don't have that. Yeah, we. I, I, I think we have a great uh, We have great Mexican food. My, my favorite is uh, La Mexicana in Painesville with La Plaza, uh, you know, over here, close second. La Plaza is very, <laughs> very yeah. close second. La Plaza is very, very good. Uh, that was, yeah, there's so many good ones. Mm-hmm. I, I was bummed when Lachita's closed. I really like that yeah. one. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, La Plaza's got to be the best one, I think. Yeah, right man. now. I do like some, like, just regular, like, uh, El Jalapeno's over here on 117th. Yeah. I like cilantro, too. Yeah. I've had a couple good ones there. and Yeah, man, you can't. It, it's tough to do a bad taco. <laughs> it is tough, yeah. It's, but it's funny when, like, when you talk to people that are, like, of, like, a Latino or Mexican background, they're just, like, uh like you people got to fucking calm down with this barrio shit, man. <laughs> they're like that's not really a they're not that those aren't tacos. The tacos are kind of like pizza, you know. It's 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 just good to great. That's the scale. Yeah. <laughs> you but know? then you get a great one and you're like it's always an oh, authentic yeah. one. That's why. Yes, yes. And and I don't know what it is. Mexican restaurants have just figured this out. They can get you in and out in 25 minutes. The food is hot and it's delicious and it doesn't feel like it's rushed and it took you like 25 minutes yeah. to get in and out. It's amazing. No one else can do that. You know, I'm working on a, a article right now on this place called Agave and Rye that just opened downtown, uh, replaced Bar Louie, and they're doing some uh, interesting uh, tacos, kangaroo meat, hot dogs. Uh, real what I think many people would call bastardized versions of of the taco, and um, you know that's kind of some of what I'm looking at is like, what does this all mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? Kangaroo meat. There kangaroo are, meat. There are some places where that is like kind of normal. They obviously. say it's like the venison of uh, you know, of Australia, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. you know, we're not in Oh, Australia. that's what it was. Yeah. Well, obviously, <laughs> obviously Australia, but I was trying to think of I remember there was a uh there was a a, a a UFC fighter who popped for PEDs and in in his uh in his discussions, they're always like is there anything they were eating differently and he was fighting Australia. He was like I've had a lot of kangaroo meat since I've been here. And everyone was just like you can't blame kangaroo meat for steroids and he wasn't doing that. He was just like, it's right. different. And everyone was just, because everyone was just like, kangaroo meat? Yeah. What's wrong with this guy? It's yeah. like, he was in Australia. He was fighting in, right. uh, he was fighting in Australia. It's just normal there. Yeah. Oh, God damn. I would try that for sure, just because I haven't done it before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'll try anything once. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, the, um, I want to hit you up with a couple, like, I just want to kind of get your thoughts on, yeah. on some of these. Because th- this is something that. And I don't know why this is so important to me, but I need to be able to tell people when they come to town, like, what are the, like, 
where do I get wings? Where do I get a burger? Where do I get pizza? Where do I get all these things? So I'm curious. You've and I've tried a lot of places because I feel like I have to know these things. Yeah. So I'm curious what some of these are for you. So and you don't have to name one. Name a couple if you want. But sure. Like, like wings. Well, I do want to preface this by saying like. So much of taste is I like this style of pizza. I completely agree. You know what completely I mean. Agree. So I, I want to say that you know I'll throw wings is a tough one. You know another one that I think it's tough to do bad. Um, every once in a while I'm in that in a mood for the breaded ones over here at Rush Inn in Lakewood that I think are really fun. Um, I love though the wings uh, at Wonton Gourmet in Asia Town. They do okay. these little Asian style wing dings. Those are very – okay, a lot of – there are some Asian places that yeah. do very underrated wings. They're these tiny little – very small little wings, but they're delicious. Yeah, and That's, they do um, – and yeah, they're they're like you said, they're they're really little. They're almost like broken. The um, Sashwan Garden over here does them, and they're yeah. great right over here. Yeah, on, and they've got the chilies in there and, and real spicy. Very, very good. I love that. And then another another underrated place is uh, Scalpers in Lyndhurst, little sports bar. Um but they they do some crazy wings, crazy super saucy. So so that's like you know if, if okay we're, we we want to do wings. Also, wings is sort of a ho- one of like my like home cooking things. So often it'll, it'll be home cooked. But like y- you say wings, okay. So which style do we want to do? And that's no, that's kind of that's where a I very start. good yeah. point because so I think of two places. Um, Immigrant Sun and Brew Kettle both do wings differently. Mm. They're 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 the 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 wing and the uh, the leg together, yeah. and they're kind of like baked and broiled. They're, they're you you would almost want to call them gourmet because they're almost like cheat wings. They're like they're too good to even throw in yeah. like good wings. Yeah. But then like for me, I do like the big super breaded ones. I think Woodstock over here does fantastic. Yeah, ones. yeah, yeah. There's a really really good Winchester actually has some pretty good wings. Oh yeah, too. they have good food. Um. But yeah, you're right. It, it is also style. Like when you get into pizza, mm. like some people really like the thin crust. Mm-hmm. You know, my wife likes thin crust. She's partial to Harlow's, which I also really, really mm-hmm. love. I always say Il Rion. That's just my favorite. I love Il Rion. Also really love Vero. Um, I For me, uh, Harlow's, just is uh, their crust is a tad too bitter. Uh, I really like the sweeter uh, crust over at Vero in uh, Cleveland Heights. Never get out there uh, because I think Cleveland Heights is an absolute fucking nightmare to drive to. It's I love it. There's great eating out there. Uh, my wife used to live out there. I did too. <laughs> um, it's just it's on an island. It's uh, My parents live on the east side, and it's easier for them to come to Lakewood than it is to Cleveland Heights. Love you, Cleveland Heights, but you're paying the ass, and, the, and I uh, – you know, once owed about four hundred dollars in parking tickets from my wife living out there because uh... the police are a nightmare. And they towed my car with all my <laughs> gear in it once, right before I played at the grog shop. They towed my car with my guitar, my amp, everything in it, and I had to go down to the Cleveland Heights police station and say, "Please, I don't. You can keep my car. Just give me my <laughs> just... guitar and my amp. <laughs> just open the door." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I that's always been the thing for us too because I did. I lived over right by Lee Road. Like right by mm. the high school and lee road is so different now i mean there's so many great things there but i mean if i on friday pulled my wife aside and was like you want to head to the east side go to lee road we can maybe go to you know boss and we can go to voodoo and we can hit up and she'd be like oh i mean it's so far yeah where are we gonna park it's so far yeah it's such a I, I love it out there and you know pump for when i get there i always have fun and, yeah. but i'm just like i don't want to go though. yeah let's just go down the street yeah yeah right <laughs> No, that it is that that's a legit thing. Uh, 
uh, it's a uh, the styles. What about like uh, and this is the, the, most all these are gonna be styles like sure, burgers. Of course, of course. Like burgers. Burgers. Um, I love uh, Eugene over here inside Bottle House uh, Brewery. You know, uh, Mike Schoen is he, he he does a burger. His Tin Man burger is really inspired by the Stevenson's burger on 185th in Euclid. Uh, uh, that's another Cleveland classic restaurant. Um, I love that one. I love Heart of Gold, but yeah, uh, you know Adam Bauer does amazing things over there. Another um, Greenhouse Tavern uh, alumni. And then uh, I, I the the Cord- the burger that they're doing at Cordelia is unbelievable. They split it up into fours so you can like share it with everybody. At oh the really? Table. Okay. I, we still haven't gotten there yet. I, yeah, I, I, we, we gotta it, get out there. It's yeah. something special. And they were doing a pop up called Fat Boy Sammy. So that's another burger that I just think is is awesome. Good company does does a great job too. Um, but yeah, those are, those are my tops. Cool. Okay. I like the. Uh, I always kind of go back to to Gunselman's just because mm. it's such a big fucking big fat burger. Yeah. And I kind of like the burger to ruin my day. Uh, I yeah, don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm a, again, you know, I said I'm a traditionalist. So like I, I like a, a good sauce, typically mayo based. I like a pretty thin, I like a, it, a pretty thin burger. Um, you know, you can put two of them on there, but you know, I like my burger to be thin. So it's juicier. I, yeah. Uh, you know, some good American cheese, lettuce, tomato, and that's really all I need. I, I, I I'm do not like, like an, an onion ring on yeah. the cheese or no, on the stupid. burger guy. That's too much. Yeah. <laughs> I also need to be able to get it in my hands and yeah, actually Yeah, I don't want to break it. my jaw the, trying uh, to eat this thing. But yeah, I, I also, Sam, I'm kind of basic in terms of that. I don't need like like a, like a big, humongous patty because I think that just makes it too hard to Agreed. eat. Agreed. Yeah, so, and okay. it dries out in the middle. Yes, it does. It does. Oh, good. I love the way that you talk about food because I feel like it's the way I try to talk to my (laughs) wife about it. She's like, just eat, you idiot. (laughs) No, I I think about it very deeply. But yes, people have have preferences to those types of things. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of places that I love going um, that do things a certain way that's different than other other places. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's a. uh, and it comes great. back to the best of Cleveland conversation. It's like yes. when you're talking best burger, you know, that just means something different to so many people. Oh, yeah, it does. It very much does. And some people, like, I don't have burgers a lot. So mm-hmm. when I do, I want to make sure, you know, I'm yeah. not wasting it. Because you know, yeah, my wife's absolutely. a vegetarian. So it just doesn't happen very often. Yeah. My wife is a vegetarian uh, other than chicken and bacon. So, so okay. So she's not a vegetarian. <laughs> no. Okay. So she's not even close to no, a vegetarian. No, but that's what she <laughs> she's tells She's a meat people. enthusiast. Yeah. <laughs> So what about like uh like when you start getting into things like uh uh like getting these articles together or yeah. like when you're deciding what to write about mm-hmm. like what is what are the things that kind of get brought to you where you're like all right this is uh, yeah we should do this yeah we should do it. like like what is the criteria that kind of hits with yeah this is something that we should tackle well you know I I will say that. that it's sort of like you know the Supreme Court said, porno- you know, pornography. I know it when I see it. There is an element of that uh, to putting a magazine together. You know, we're thinking about uh, the mix is you know in terms of what's it sitting next to? How much food have do have we had in this issue or this week on the website? You know, yeah, it's a, it's a good article, but we really need to kind of fill out this this area of our coverage today. Um, so there, there are always those considerations. I mean, right now, restaurant openings perform better than anything for us. Um, and so that's something that we're always, 
really trying to chase is, you know, if, if a restaurant opens downtown in Ohio City and Tremont, uh, something like that, we're probably covering it. Sure. Um, so, you know, and that's in the food, that's in the food space, you know, in terms of, I, I kind of look at our sort of general news coverage as I, I like to call it like whatever's the talk of the town, you know, we don't dive super wonky into politics or sports. Like you're not going to get the X's and O's from us really on in any, in either of those topics. Um, but you will get, um, un, enough to be informed in politics and in the way we approach sports is like, uh, we cover fan culture. We cover the Muni lot before the first Browns game. You know, we cover um, with the shoes that the players are wearing or what they listen to before they go on the court and, you know, things like that. So um, that's a lot of how it, it, it's tough. It's it's really tough. It's it's that's that's I, I really think being an editor is the hardest part is that you need a never ending well of of ideas, you know, ideas story ideas are the lifeblood of of a magazine of especially a magazine because you know the newspaper i i think is and i've never worked in newspapers uh, I've, I've always been a magazine enthusiast grew up on magazines um always kind of knew what i wanted to do and since i was young it was always been it's always been magazine so uh, i i find newspapers a little more black and white you know there's a murder uh, today we're going to go cover that. This is opening. We're going to go cover that. This is closing. We're going to go cover that. And of course, all of those things are necessary. You know, what I'm looking for is there's, there's a murder and, and then you, you know, you scratch a little bit deeper and you say, Oh, you know, we know this guy, he's the owner of this business down here. And then you scratch, you know, on, on his glass door page, there's, a uh, um, you know, there's a lot of employees accusing him of X, Y, and Z, and then you scratch a little deeper, and you're like, "Oh, he's friends with this guy," you know, and 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 things just sort of un, unfold, and uh, so so you're looking for that story, that narrative, and things. I think in magazine journalism, in a way, like, what does it all mean? What what does this mean about like a lot of what I'm trying to accomplish with Cleveland Magazine is. Um, yes, this is happening. Yes, this person exists. Yes, this thing exists. What does it mean or what does it say about being a Clevelander that this person exists, that this thing is going on? You know, what is the sort of larger reflection that we can pull from this? I, I think that's a, that's a lot of – if it says something a little bit more than, uh, you, you know, just this thing this thing happened. Like I, I had an editor once tell me like, we don't do stories that that is this thing happens or this thing exists. There's got to be something deeper than that. And and I'm sure I'm not giving you a real concrete thing because I don't think there is. I think it's a real art to selecting a story. No, I I, I kind of know what you're talking. I I think I kind of know what you're talking about. So it's, and I think maybe Cleveland. So, so Cleveland might be a good example of this because like cleveland's a, a good sized city but it's not a gigantic city mm. so it, it does still have a lot of connectivity to it and by that i mean like you were talking about like oh wait this happened here remember we covered this 
all that kind of has a connection here. Yeah. I think if you're like in a New York, it's going to be a little bit harder because it's just so massive. Mm. And there's got to be so many stories and no, some people may not put it together. But Cleveland, you know what's going on in the city. Your team knows what's going on in the city. And you can kind of connect the dots at, at not all the time, but at some point you can. Right. And then when you start naming some of those things, that gets your readers more interest because they're in the same boat. I think a lot of them are more familiar when you name something that they were associated with or familiar with or something that they've done in the past. That, yeah. that kind of gets us more invested. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think of us, uh, you know, we have pit, these pitch meetings where everyone comes into a room and sort of fights for their story idea and, you know. What's the dumbest one and who pitched it? Oh, my God, I can't, I can't even. <laughs> What's the name of the person it, that pitched it, the dumbest shit ever? It's always an intern and it's not their fault, you know. <laughs> hey, they're uh, trying to get in there. You the know? only dumb thing that you can do, is, this is what I always say, the only dumb thing you can do in a pitch meeting is pitch something that we literally just wrote about in, yeah. in the last issue that's where people get in trouble that's where i get really mad because i'm like you didn't read the last issue of the magazine that you work for um uh, that's where that's the only time i really get pissed off um <laughs> but no we had an example i have an example from one of those pitch meetings that i think is um really illustrative and uh we had a, a young reporter who wanted to write about gentrification and i said okay well you know, this this may be an, an issue that we're facing, and, but we don't just write about but, – but writing just – I want to write about gentrification is not a story. We want to find the old woman who has been in this neighborhood for 50 years who is being affected by gentrification and here's how, how and here's why and all of those things because I am a big believer that – you know, or I, I talk – I use the feast in Little Italy as an example like – I don't want the picture of, uh, you know, the crowd. I want the picture of the old woman serving meatballs. And because, you know, it's. It, I am a big believer that you zoom in to that one per. If you want to cover an issue, you find that one person that it's affecting. And you tell their unique story. And that unique story is actually ten times more universal than some sort of, like, zoomed out bird's eye view of this entire topic. And that's always what we're trying to do in a story is finding that unique thread. Great example with the feast because I purposely stopped going down there because I've seen so many photos of the crowd. I'm like, nope, I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll go eat there next weekend yeah. when everyone's but, gone. <laughs> but the beauty about the feast is, you know, you have that one great conversation from, with that. We This year we covered the feast by talking to a family who had – they were the family who had uh, – Marched in the parade longer than anyone. They had this sign that was 75 uh, years old. And all the women have these handmade uh, Italian flag dresses that they wear every year. Oh, that's and cool. that's that's the way, you know, we don't do who, what, where, when, why. You know, you should get it in a story. But it should it should be, almost be – like you shouldn't really realize you're reading who, what, where, when, why in a, in a magazine story. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what I love about what I do is um, general interest magazines are dying. But – in in city magazines, they live on because you have the city to sort of focus it all. Um, and I grew up on general interest magazines like Esquire and stuff like that, and um, and I and I love that because I sort of have that sort of attention span. I, I'm I'm a mile wide and you know an inch deep, and I think everybody is. Yeah, and Every, it's fun man. because just it, it's the the way that it is now. You know, it's just it's. And I don't think it's anyone's fault or it's just it's just it's the natural, I think, kind of evolution. You know, mm -hmm. we have so much at our fingertips in terms of information and, and that that unfortunately, like if we're not grabbed kind of right away, we move on. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's the 
it's the Tinder, it's the TikTok, you know, yeah. it's, you're, you're constantly moving on to the next thing that didn't grab you in the first five seconds. Yeah. You know, and that's just, and that's not going to go away. There's a very good chance, I think, that it's just going to get worse because they're still relatively new in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And that is something that's going to continue on going. So I, I see what you're saying and I agree with it, especially with what you're doing and you want to, you know, you want to gain viewership, readership, all those things. Um, So that, how do you kind of balance a quality? I'm trying, <laughs> I'm dancing around. I'm, I'm trying to say this. I don't want to. Like say something offensive to you. I can't be offended. Cool. I, yeah, I love a challenge. Uh, what? How do you kind of balance the good story with um, viewers or, or, or readers? You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, you, you do need both, and I know you want yeah, yeah. both. But I mean, I think that that's what some people, myself included, sometimes will just come across and just be like, "Hey, was this a?" You know what? Actually, here, l- l- let me backtrack. This is the best way that I can explain it because I remember this conversation. Now, I was watching this interview with uh, – I cannot remember his name. Who's the guy that owns Barstool Sports? Uh, Dave Portnoy. Portnoy. Um, and regardless of what you think about sure. Dave Portnoy, I don't generally have an opinion to be perfectly honest. Um, but he was talking with a, uh, a reporter, uh, kind of like a smaller uh, – not necessarily like a small place, but not a huge – not like New York Times or anything like that. Um, but Dave Portnoy, for anyone does know, during the pandemic, he was going to a lot of like small businesses and restaurants and giving them like forty grand capital injection to kind of help them get through everything. It was a real nice kind of feel good thing that a lot of people liked. Um, he went to one place. I want to say it was in Connecticut, but I honestly don't remember. And this one local paper kind of grabbed onto it and went to this business and basically said, "Do you know that Dave Portnoy?" And I don't even remember what it was. Named a bunch of things that he had done that was like super super negative. Mm-hmm. And uh, Portnoy had the editor on and they were kind of had a discussion about this and it was one of the better discussions I've seen without because they weren't really screening but they were discussing it and she had said something to the effect of look we're in a competitive field right now Mm -hmm. if I write negative things about you it's gonna get more clicks period than you just giving this no one cares essentially she didn't say it this way no one cares that you're giving this business forty thousand dollars to stay afloat they do care about the things that you've done in the past more people are going to click on that and dave portner is like i can't get mad at that answer because you're 100 percent right yeah and i'm not saying obviously that's anything that anyone at cleveland magazine's done but how do you balance that it's hard i mean i i think you know in fact in fact i would say i i really don't think we've done it and um I I would maybe go so far as to say I don't think we've done it enough, you know. Um, That's legit. And, yeah. and I think that there's uh, other publications who might, in my opinion, do it too much. Yes. Um, and Cleveland you, ones too, in my opinion. Yeah. Cleveland ones oh, too. Absolutely. Like, what are we doing here? But I understand it. Yes, I do too. I understand it, and and there's elements of what they do, even in those articles that you know I might disagree with, that I think are really smart, having a ton of personality, being funny about it, um, all of those things that I think we could do better about, even if we want to take that positive um, approach, because the internet's, it, it, you know, it's it's a tough thing to play on, you know. It is. Yes. Um, how I balance it, I, I I don't know. It's uh, and I don't mean that there has to be. This is my system for balancing it. Yeah, I'm more just curious because I, I know it's something you kind of have to keep in the back of your head at sometimes. Yeah, like because you're not just like that's a good story. Also, 
I think that's going to get a lot of views because of whatever subject matter or something like that. I think there's enough out there that can get a lot of views without us always having to be negative. Without and, being like sensational or – Yeah. I agree. And, and I think that – you know, I, I think there's a big difference between being negative and critical. Um, you know, I think being negative in my opinion is uh, shitting on things – for no reason that really don't matter um the oh the Cavs have new jerseys and these are the worst jerseys ever and like screw the Cavs. like i don't really care about that kind of stuff yeah and so like critic you know if something bad is happening you know that's not being negative that's being critical and so i think about and that factual part. i mean if, yeah. if it's happening it's not like you're it's not like you're giving it's not an op-ed about here's what i think this means and you're interpreting something in a way that you think is, that is negative you think is going to give views if you're reporting on something that is actually happening that's not just that's there's nothing wrong with that sure but you know i think i think being provocative kind of gets a bad rap uh, in this day and age and i think there's there's a lot of ways to be provocative you can provoke thought you can provoke laughter you can provoke a lot of things and um you know i i think that you know you got to find ways to you 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 do have to find ways to stand out it's part of it's part of what we do and um you know i and i think that i i always i always say like we we just need to be smart about it we need to do it if we're going to do it, we need to do it better than everyone else. We need to make sure we're accurate. We need to make sure it's not a cheap shot. We need to make sure we're informed in what we're doing. And, um, you know, and on the other hand, I, I will say we hear from readers all the time um, because we are pretty positive. We often hear from readers that, oh, we like that you're, you're being positive. Or if we are negative, you know, we hear from readers, oh, you know, this is just so negative. We're so sick of negative news. Um and we, we, we've spent a lot of money to do reader surveys to find out what people want. and I, It's I, negative. I, well, no. <laughs> they say it's positive. They say they want positive news. But the numbers don't bear that out. That's what I mean. I under, Everyone wants to say, I want to hear feel-good stories. Every, hell, I said, it, I said it while we were sitting here. Remember some of all the goofy articles that I just click yeah. on and just make a joke below about yep. it? I grab those every time yeah. because they're just kind of frustrating or goofy. Yeah, I like reading good stories too, but the ones that catch me are the, the kind of fucked up negative ones. Yeah, That e even in my mind as I'm clicking on I'm saying, oh my God, this is so dumb. And then I click on yeah. it. I yeah. mean, I think that's again kind of the shifting. So I... I agree. I don't doubt that people are saying they want that, but I also don't doubt that the numbers would not support that. No, and, and they don't. And you know, in and, and it's the it's the same about you know people say that they want um, coverage of classic restaurants, but they only click on the new ones. I mean, I don't think people fully understand um, how the how the media diet is affecting them and, yeah. and i don't think they're as conscious about their activity on on these phones and on things no, as no, as no. they think they are and it's and it's tough i don't i don't have the answer i mean right now the way we're doing it is video um more so than being negative or positive or thinking about it that way i mean um right now it's video that's the way we're capturing people uh, i i do think a couple years ago it was negative i don't ne necessarily think it's always that anymore um but i i think the way I look at it is we need to have personality. We need to have um, – be you know, if you click on our link, I want to make sure you get something out of it. Um, you know, things like that. And there, there's there's this, the, there's this conundrum that people talk about in media that's like, 
Would you rather have the 30,000 really loyal readers or the 1 million um, readers a month that are just sort of shallow and they come to your website once, you know, once a month and things like that? I tend to lean toward I, I want the 30,000 loyal readers. You know, I want people who are reading the article top to bottom. You know, we're doing smart things. And I have a lot of freedom, you know. We have, we're a family – Great Lakes Publishing uh, that publishes us is a family company. I don't have corporate overlords making sure that I'm hitting certain numbers. Um, I don't have uh, – I don't have anyone pushing negative stories. I have I have people more often pushing positive stories than negative stories. They don't, don't want me doing too much. You don't have partnerships that could either – Yeah. Grow, you don't have partnerships with your bosses with other companies or corporations that would either generate – coverage more coverage of this or less coverage of this yeah i've never been told to write about something or not write about something i've never been paid to write about anything you know it's um i have a lot of freedom and i know like you know my sister works at vanity fair so it's it's fun to just kind of see the um the dichotomy of a massive corporation like that's a different animal yeah Yeah, and, and what we do and like they constantly have to hit higher page counts and then they put a paywall on something and they're like, why aren't we hitting more page views? And I like, I would, I, I would not be able to handle that. I'd be like, what do you mean? Like, look at, like, think about it. But like, I don't have a lot of pressure like that. So I, I have a ton of being, being the magazine thing is really nice for me because I don't really have to dance. We don't get super political um, in terms of playing the. Pol- we'll talk about politics. We'll talk about issues. But I don't really like think about politics in terms of red or blue or anything like that yeah well again you're reporting on what's actually occurring not necessarily reporting on the thing that you want to report on versus not reporting on something you maybe should but don't want to because of a belief like the the, and that's why we're kind of seeing this and i'm curious what's going to happen personally i think they're going to cave cnn currently right now the, the the whole thing they're doing right now is they're they're kind of cleaning house with a lot of their what they would call, you know, bias reporting. And they want to be more down the middle mm. reporting that they were probably like 15 years ago when you heard James Earl Jones talking about it. You know, this is CNN. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. when and then it kind of switched. I understand why it switched. They've all switched. There, there isn't an unbiased down the middle. Not that I'm aware of. That's the thing that's happening right now is they're saying, I think eventually the dollar is going to kind of step in there and they're going to go back and they're going to pick one side or another. Oh yeah. I don't I, think I, I, I don't think it, I don't just don't think it's going to let, they're going to take too many hits, but you know, I do think, I, I do think like people, I like the idea and I think people want that. I think there are, there is a, I think there is actually a group that do just kind of want to not hear yeah. one side of the story. They just want to hear the story. Maybe, maybe, but we'll you see. Know, I, I do think people get a, I, I do think that it's a really, really hard job that that people oh, you know God. that people don't really. I think people take for granted how difficult it is to to do this, and you know I think the other thing is people get real caught up in uh, you know it's, it's it's funny it's really funny if you know you saw my first couple paychecks I get called like an, a, like a, a liberal elite because I just work in the media all the time and it's like. I, I think people don't really realize that's that there's a, thing, a yeah, that's... yeah that there's a massive difference between Cleveland Magazine uh, or even Cleveland Scene and WKYC and stuff, uh, yeah, or even .com. Who they're all of those other companies are owned by more corporations and stuff like that. But there, there's a massive difference between 
TV news and what we do. Huge. You know, there's a huge, huge There's difference. a couple people. We're a couple people in a room. You know, there's not some general conspiracy, you know, on the, on the, at least on this level. Uh, who knows on other levels? I've never really been up there. But, um, you know, TV news is TV news. But, like, TV is dying in general. That's that's what you have to remember is they're, they're – gra- Across the board. They're grasping at straws, yeah. you know. And I think in, in – in, 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 like, I look at – we I, I made that comment about general interest magazines dying. And, like, one of my favorites for a couple of years, I loved Esquire. And then I moved over to GQ for a little while. They they had Esquire had an editor change that I didn't love. And, and I really liked what GQ was doing. And then they went really into high fashion, which is not for me. Um, but it makes sense because it's a niche. And, and I think that those niches, like, it, at the end of the day, we are just trying to build audiences. And that can be an audience looking for positive Cleveland news. It could be an audience looking for negative Cleveland news. It can be an audience looking for national liberal politics or conservative politics. But you're trying to build that audience. And, and I just don't really see TV news going in a direction of – of that centrist appeal because I don't think I don't think there's that many centrists that exist. I, I think there's a lot of people that think they're centrists. Yes, uh, th- I think that's more than anything. Yeah, uh, and myself included. But but it doesn't matter if I'm watching a Fox News report or a CNN report. I'm getting frustrated on both sure. reports because I'm like ah. I know a part of that's not true, or at the very least, you're leaving something out of that that I've already found out. I you almost don't... have to watch both to yeah. get the whole story, which sucks. I also don't know if centrists watch TV news. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think centrists sit there and talk about how they're centrists, but they never tune in. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's a um, – I don't know. I, it, that's I... another one. And again, like you, you know, we talk about a lot of people refer to things like that as, uh, as mainstream uh, news, and I don't even think that that name qualifies anymore. Because the the I, their corporate news, I'd call them that. Yeah, but they're yeah. certainly not mainstream. Yeah, I mean, there are not this one, but there are podcasts that get way more views sure. than than these than like a Fox News or a CNN, like a Don Lemon or a Sean Hannity. Yeah, I mean, there are literally like online news segments that get way more views and have way more subscribers. I mean, Absolutely. it's just and it's dwindling each year. I mean. Take it out of the news realm altogether and just see the way. I think this is the best indication of where this is going. Look at like the Oscars. The Oscars used to get 60 million views. It got like nine last year. Yeah. I mean, people just aren't watching TV and they're certainly not watching stuff like that anymore. The only thing people watch is football. That's in America. That's football will never die. Yeah. Yeah. It's only growing. People could die on the field and football would never die. It's only growing. And I mean, you know, Amazon. Uh, you, you know, once it moves into streaming, who knows? Amazon had their biggest day uh, in the in the, of Prime subscriptions in their history on the first Thursday. We're night gonna game have a state named Amazon soon. Oh uh, yeah, probably. Like Kansas third is gonna take yeah. that. And be like, this is called Amazon now. No one care. Don't pretend like you do. Yeah, most you can't even find Kansas on the map. Yeah, and I criticize them all the time, and yet that truck showing up in my house more often than everybody I'd like to. criticizes. Yeah. Everyone's like so. Jeff Bezos, son of a bitch. But everyone loves that their order is gonna be delivered the next day. Yeah, and you know, and and that I know I'm having a hard time answering some of your questions and probably talking in circles. But I, like, if I sat here and acted like I hadn't answered any of these things, I, it would be insane. You know, this industry has taken massive losses. It, it it it's it's frustrating. It's difficult. 
I, I'll write about it. I, I've written about this, the most silliest things, three burgers to love, and people have DM'd me to go kill myself because I didn't <laughs> in, in, it, I, I, it's funny, but it's not it's not a lie because I didn't include no. the one that they love. And it's like I you know, know yeah. it, it's a tough thing to do. And um, nobody has the answers. Anyone who pretend, sits here and pretends like they know where media is going to be in five minutes, they're a liar. No, if you told me that you had, here's the reason why, here's the pop, I'm like, no. I, as you're telling me that, I'd be like, this guy does not know because there's yeah. no way that's true. Yeah. The the best answer you could have given is that I don't know the answer. It's day to day. It's minute to minute. Yeah. I'm figuring this out with every story that comes across my desk. We're trying to put out the best possible story with the best possible yeah. facts for the best possible crowd and maintain and then move on to the next one. That's it. Yeah. That's all it is. And we make mistakes all the time in terms of selection. Um, You know, I look back on things that we've put a bunch of effort into and, and they were duds. And then there are things that, you know, I never thought what a hit that hit all the time. And it's, it's really hard. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning a ton, you know, I, I've been in this gig in this position for, I'm finishing up my third issue. So as editor, I was managing editor before, and I've been with the magazine for eight years, but, um, you know, it's hard. And, and that's what some, some, of what I liked about food was the fact that it did seem to make sense. You know, new restaurant opens, guides, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now that I'm I'm moving outside of that that realm, and um, it, it it's tough. You know, it's tough. And you know, the other thing is everyone puts so much into social media, and everyone's putting, but social media does not help media companies at all. We get something only like five percent of our traffic comes from social media, and I would, and it's a massive amount of the time that we spend 95% comes from Google and all, all of our web traffic is really dependent on uh, other than, you know, oh. newsletter ads and stuff like that. But it's, it's dependent on Google, Facebook, Twitter, all of these things, gaming, these systems, like I someone mean, Googling, like the, the best, whatever yeah. to find. Okay. Th- that, that makes complete sense because I, we do that. If I go to another city or if I'm going to another city and I'm like, what are the best places to get brunch if I'm going to yeah. be there for a couple of days? And then that's where I – and then I find, okay, it turns out reviews, this isn't up on a bunch of lists. That's where we're going to go. So I see yeah. what you're saying. And I think it's – that's – I think everyone does that. Yeah. We'll all do that. And, and the algorithm's a mystery. I mean we have some we have some idea of how to game it, but not totally. And and it's not even gaming and it's just, it's just optimizing for it and – you know, I yeah, I like I like to. Um, I'm a per, I'm I'm very much a person who likes to approach my life with uh, in a constant state of doubt, whether that's good or bad. You know, I don't know, but um, I I don't pretend like I have any of the answers. I I don't know. We're we're just doing our best every single day. Sure. <laughs> trying not to be hypocritical, trying not to get it wrong, and trying to you know do the best we can. Do you? That's all you can do. That's all any of us can do. I, I think that gets lost. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. When I say that's all any of us can do, we all understand that's all any of us can do. But as soon as we see something that we don't like in an article, yeah. we forget that that's all any of us can do. And we go right for the Yeah, regular. sure. Like, sure. what? Well, he's probably just doing the best. No, fuck that. That's the wrong <laughs> burger. <laughs> yeah, man. Do you guys have, like, an entertainment section, like a Cleveland entertainment section? Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is, like, like uh, – this is something that I have struggled with in Cleveland, like 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 having like a hub. Like here are all the, if I want to see a comedy show, where am I going this week? Mm-hmm. Like what all is there? And that that's a tough one because there's so many different smaller comedy shows. But same thing in terms of like local music or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like that that's the one thing that I'm not sure anyone's cracked is like if I want to go see 
I, I'll stick with comedy. If I want to see a comedy show in Cleveland in a weekend, outside of like a Pickwick and Fraw, like downtown, mm. or uh, I don't know, another big one that sure. I can't think of. <laughs> like, is that something that 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 you do or, or work with? Like, how does that work for you guys? So, if, if you're trying to grow that, yeah, I mean, I would say outside of food, one of like our main really uh, our main coverage area is like arts and entertainment okay. things to do and um we have a weekly article that comes out you know 10 to 15 things to do this weekend okay. and so something like that might be featured in there um th- you know the idea that we're doing it um s- set so segmented in terms of like here's the 10 comedy places uh to cover or, or here's 10 comedy shows that you should see here's 10 uh, concerts we're not really doing that and it- Comedy is a very tough one, mm-hmm. though, because some of those are very – because you'd be surprised how many places in the city do comedy shows yeah. every week. Yeah. Because they're yeah, just yeah, – yeah. it, it's very hard. And the, there's no there's no hub for those because they're all working separately. Sure. So, yeah. So, sometimes those things will appear in that space. But, you know, it's hard. It's like, you know, you only have so many people in so many hours. So, it's yeah. like you, you try to figure out – What's the best, you know, you can do it. What's, I mean, ultimately when you're, you're talking to me about how we make these decisions, we look at who we have that week, what their availability is and what's the best thing that we can do with the hours that they have. I mean, that's, that's how we're making these decisions. Yeah. It's, it's not always, uh, I love to sit here and say that we always do it right and we always cover the perfect thing and, you know, we're all inclusive, but you know, it's just it's just a bunch of humans in the room doing the best that they can with the time that they have until you know six o'clock rolls oh, around and you go home. Hey, I, I I get it, man, and I'm I'm certainly not trying to simplify anything. That oh you guys no, do. and I don't take it. it it's that more. Way. I, it's just it's interesting to me. Yeah, you know, like like you like with anyone else that comes in here. Like when I was talking to Brian from like a, a political standpoint, mm-hmm. or when I was talking to you know different restaurant owners, when I talk to comics, when I talk to fighters. It's it, everything is different. When I talk to musicians, it's all different. Yeah, and I've dabbled in some, but never flourished in any. Mm. And it's something that I just, it's one of the reasons that like I reached out to you or anyone is because I just love hearing the different things that I'm never gonna really be exposed, totally. most likely never gonna be exposed to how that kind of machine works. Yeah, and whether it's a you know, a a, a, a 30,000 cycle with, with those people or a million or 10 million. It's all a machine in some way. Yeah. And it's just, just interesting. It's interesting to see how that, so no, I, anyone that sits in that chair and tells me, here's how to write the perfect song. Here's how to win every single fight. <laughs> yeah. Here's how to tell the perfect joke. Here's how to, you know, win an Oscar. I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> why? Yeah. They're why haven't you done it? <laughs> you, know? And, you know, and I think, it's hard to, you know, I, I've done it for a little while now. You know, I'm 29. I've been doing it since I was 19. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to put into words sometimes. You know, it's six people every week get in a room and they go to bat for what they believe in. And ultimately, typically me, I, I, typically I have to make a decision of what it is. And we leave a ton of great stuff on the cutting room floor every week, every day. And we, we, and we try to do our best and we work our asses. I mean, the, these, the people that I work with, every single person does it, not because they think they're going to get rich, not because of anything else, but because they love this and they love the city and they love writing and all that stuff. And, you know, what's really important to me is 
I grew up on magazine journalism. I grew up reading Hunter S. Thompson and Rolling Stone, um, Chris Jones, and, uh, you know, Hunter S. Thompson was way before my time, but I I came of age in a great time of magazine journalism. With You know, Chris Jones was at Esquire, Wright Thompson was at ESPN. These guys were writing, you know, 10,000-word pieces. Chris Jones on, on the Zanesville Massacre um, with, the, you know, the, the animals got out and they had to go oh, and yeah, put yeah, them yeah. all down and... Um, you know, you had Wright Thompson just writing these epics on Dan Gable, the wrestler, or Tiger Woods, or anything. And that I believe that that magazine journalism style is really at risk. And so, when I think of it, is like I want to keep, I want to find ways. I, I think I'm the perfect person for Cleveland Magazine because I'm an old school magazine guy, and I want to find ways to keep that style of storytelling alive that going deeper than the who what where when the the color the narrative the getting to know somebody the the reflections on what it means to be a clevelander what what it means to be alive um i want to i want to try to tap into all of that stuff but on the flip side I, I'm 29, so I grew up in digital media, and I know we have to do video. Completely I know agree. we have to go on Instagram. I know we have to tweet. And so, my, what I look at as my great quest, and I think it's going to be like a you know a Don Quixote type of thing. Like I don't think I will be successful in the end. My great quest is to find a way to make magazine journalism thrive online, and. I will probably fail at that like many have before me. Nobody's figured it out in the internet age. But I'm, you know, shit, I'm going to try because I, lo- I love it, you know. And I think it's an important voice that, you know, seen, there are all weekly. They don't do it. Cleveland.com. There, there are local newspaper. They don't, they don't do it. You know, WKYC are our, our great local news stations. I love. I'm. I, I want more journalists. I want all of those. I don't look at them as competition. I, I want everybody to thrive. Um, There's and, enough room for everybody. Yeah, and and for me, what what thriving means is finding a way for magazine journalism in this city and, and what magazine journalism does best, the type of things it exposes, um, finding a way for it to thrive. I, I, we have to be profitable or else we will close. We have to um, be well-read, otherwise we won't be profitable. And we have to be interesting, otherwise we won't be either of those things. Yeah. And, and so I'm trying to find the perfect combination of all of those things in you know our four or five coverage areas at all times and it's a futile task but you know damn it we have a lot of fun trying <laughs> well you, you you said a couple of things there and i three reactions all of them one when you say you leave a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor that means you're never running out of things to actually no. talk about and i think that's fantastic um I think you are the perfect person to do something like that because you have old school sensibilities, but a young mentality all rolled into one and you need both to thrive and to evolve. When you look at any business, any political party, any, any, anything, the thing that always holds them back is the inability to evolve. And there's, and, and the death to a lot of business comes with, well, that's the way we've always done mm-hmm. it. Like that's a great way to kind of maintain 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 slow decline still maintaining yeah. still open yeah. but not you know you're not growing you have to constantly evolve and i think you have those you have two pieces that i think are going to work well together so i i think that and in terms of being successful there's something to be said for somebody that is going to what they think is going to be an uphill battle knows that the odds are not in their favor and is still dying to try anyway, I think that's success in itself. Yeah. Okay, so 
you're successful because you're doing it. You're successful because you are looking at ways to continue to evolve while being successful, while growing and still maintaining your sensibilities, your personalities, things like that. Uh, I mean, to me, that itself is successful. Um, and not having all the answers. That is, I think, the most successful thing you could have done here today <laughs> is not pretend you have all the answers or any of the answers or this is what's working, but we may evolve. Like, there's no, if, if there was a roadmap to doing this, you would have already downloaded it and been working on yeah. it already. Yeah, sure. You know, and we all would have for anything. I mean, that's just the way that it is. So that that's just kind of my take on it. I mean, it's it's – and I think you understand that it's not something that's going to be – It'll be different in six months. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. the fact that you know it's going to be different in six months and you'll probably change in six months, that's successful. Yeah. Because you're already thinking about it and most people won't do that. That's what I'm so excited about uh, what we have going on right now. You know, Cleveland Magazine started in 1972. Um, it never thought that it would have to be anything other than a monthly magazine. Um, and they did they did amazing work. I love nothing more than reading what they did in the seventies and eighties. It was pretty wild. It's it's pretty different than what you would see in Cleveland Magazine today. I mean, they had I, one of my favorites is um, they they have a cover with a housewife with a silver platter and lines of cocaine on it, and it was like cocaine in the suburbs. Everything I was just going to make a know. cocaine joke. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if this were the seventies, I might be able to publish it. But you know, it's. Um, and, you know, it's a funny story. Danny Green was identified um, when he was – the day he died as he was walking to his car where he was bombed uh, over in Lyndhurst, um, he was holding a Cleveland magazine. And they said he'll be the guy holding the Cleveland magazine. Uh, so they, they covered um, – they covered the mob like crazy back then. You know, they did a lot of good work. And um, and they did great work through the 90s. And then, you know, and, and they did great work in the 2000s and in the whole time I've, I've been here. But, you know, the transition for a magazine that's been around since 1972, you know, I still – there's still people in the room in some of the meetings that I'm in who were there in 1972. And it, it's it, it's been a very difficult thing for brands like that to – uh, pivot to to be successful online and that doesn't make the work that they've done bad it, it just makes it you know it wasn't optimized in that way for online they weren't presenting in the right way so th really what I, i'm setting out to do is find ways to present it in the right way and still carry on that torch in this new era and i think we have the right people to do it we uh, we just um re really had a total changeover i moved into um editor we have ron uh leisured who's launched the the athletic here in cleveland he edited um jason lloyd who wrote amazingly about lebron james um he they had zach meisel who's one of the great uh you know guardians and indians beat writers they have all these talented people um and he he came over to Cleveland Magazine to work with us as managing editor we have annie nikoloff who came over from cleveland.com you know that girl wrote uh like something like 700 articles last year yeah i mean that's more than much more than one a day and i'm not talking about a five-day week a seven-day week you know i mean she's just a workhorse and she's had a blast being able to slow down and write in that magazine more magazine style and um you know i i've just i've never been more thrilled about the people we have in the room with the set you know we have like seven or eight of us with uh art directors and I do think this is the group to do it, and I think we're primed to do it. I think we're, we're going to do it on video. We're going to do it – I don't know if it will be podcast or what it will be, but it will be constantly evolving. And, 
you know, I'm just, you know, to get in the room with exciting, with, with smart yeah, people like that and, and tell these stories and talk to people like you. And it's, it's just so much fun. Talking to what, talking to like-minded people and at the same time, not like-minded. Oh people yeah. Simultaneously. Man, there really is nothing like it. There yeah. really, really isn't. And when I mean like-minded people, I mean people that kind of like collaborating, but also people who maybe don't think the same way that you do. And I don't mean that in a in a business way or anything like that, but maybe just like, hey, that person just said something that I didn't think about, and it was awesome. But they think as deeply as you. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and they, they and they're excited to hear more. And about they're it. seekers, just yeah, like you are, and all of that stuff. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's a it's a juggling act. I mean, you have you need knowledge, content, marketing, and delivery. Mm-hmm. All the time for every single story. That's something that most of us will not ever wrap our heads around, at least not accurately. So I think it's awesome. And I, I think there's a lot of things that can still be done with that. I mean, I understand what you're saying about like certain types that are dying, but I think a lot of them are evolving too. Yeah. And this stuff's not going to go away. Like news will not go away. Inf- informative pieces aren't going to go away. Op-eds are probably going to keep growing. I mean, there's there's a lot you can do with it, like you said, on the digital, on the video on the podcasting, yeah. which is huge. You can partner with – there's so many things that you can do, and I think you'll keep doing it. So I think that's awesome, man. Yeah, I totally agree. You know, it might be video. It might be something else. It might be audio. You know, audio <laughs> continues to grow. I love – I you know, one of the things – one of the ways I consume news more than anything is podcasts, but also like Apple's um, – Apple's audio section on, on their on the Apple News yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. I listen. I, I go for a run and I listen to a great feature from Esquire, The Atlantic, or whatever it is. You know, it, it, as long as you're scratching those itches for me, it's it's all writing, it's all storytelling, it's Completely all. agree. It's still magazine journalism, and you know that's that's what I. You know, I'm a seeker. I'm looking for the meaning of life. I'm looking. Well, why am I here? What is our place in it all? What's why? What does Cle- it mean to be a Clevelander? You know, and I, I think that's what like you can't get out of your newspaper and stuff. And I, I hope you get out. I, I hope you get from us. Yeah, for sure. And I, I'm the same way. I get all my news from podcasts, from interviews, uh, quick hits, things like that. So I, I'm the same. And I think that's going to continue being the way, man. So. Um, well, where can everybody find your stuff? Where can everybody find yeah. Cleveland? Where can everybody find all, all your information? Clevelandmagazine.com. Um, and I really suggest subscribing to the print magazine as much as we're talking about digital. The print magazine is such a beautiful experience. We have changed it to um, make sense next to our digital product. You know, you're getting longer stories, beautiful photography, all that stuff. Our designers are amazing. We, we work with great artists. Lisa Quine did our cover this month. She's got. Um, some of the murals in Gordon Square and the stuff like that. I mean, we bring genius photographers, genius writers in who get to write at length. There's not a lot of places publishing 5,000-word stories anymore, and we yeah. we are. Um, so definitely subscribe. And, you know, it's like $6 at the store and like $14 for a year subscription. So I think anyone – I'm a commas guy, commas and uh, periods guy, but, like, you can do that math. It's 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 beneficial it's good. to subscribe. <laughs> it works out. But, yeah, clevelandmagazine.com. Um, you know, we're on Instagram, we're on TikTok, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Um, I'm at Dill Stew on everything if you want to follow me personally. And it's mostly food pics. And in the past month or 15 days, pics of my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes guitars. But, yeah, man, I, I hope everyone comes out. And we do events, too. We have an event. Uh, probably won't air in time. Uh, but this Thursday, our Best of Cleveland event. A lot of fun events. We try to bring the magazine to life every once in a while. So, and then, you know, you can typically find me punching uh my laptop at a local bar or something like that good awesome (laughs) 
Well, man, thank you so much for taking the time here. Uh, yeah. I got to make sure that I'm following all the stuff that you just did uh, before do. you leave. Um, but this was great. It was, it was, I was again, I was really happy to hear uh, all these things. It, it, again, it's just, this is again, something that's just kind of turned into the, the thing that I like doing. I love hearing things like this from different people that are actually in kind of like really entrenched in things that I probably will not ever be that entrenched into, sure. but it's super interesting. Congratulations again on the baby. And thanks for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me support your local journalist. That's all the, that's all I have to say. <laughs> for sure. For sure. For sure. All right. That's it. Thanks buddy. Thank you.